Thank you for listening to this message by Pastor Chad Randall at Life Story Church. We are a grassroots church located in the heart of the Bellevue community in Nashville, Tennessee. Our services are streamed live on Facebook and YouTube every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday, 7 p.m. Central Time. We would love for you to join us. Now here's Pastor Chad Randall. We are going to uh, dig in tonight a little bit. So I don't have the normal, uh, I don't have the normal uh, toys and bells and whistles where I can put the scriptures up for you guys. Uh, as usual. So we're just going to do an old-fashioned Bible study tonight. So uh, I want you to grab the Word of God, grab your sword, and I want you to open it up to uh, 1 Peter, 2 Peter. There's so much, so much heavy lifting in here. 1 John, we're not going to jump into there yet, but we'll get there in the in the coming weeks. But tonight we're going to focus on a little bit in 1 Peter briefly and then into 2 Peter, okay? So open up your sword uh, get it ready. So I have, I've, I've known for a while, let me say this, I've known for a while that there is a conversation, a conversation that we, uh, we need to have. Uh, and we're not going to be able to get to all of it tonight. I just mentioned First John. We're not going to get into First John tonight, right? We're not going to be able to have this whole conversation. But, you know, I would, I would like to begin the conversation at least tonight. You've likely seen the promo. If you have, um, pretty cool uh, graphics uh, by the media team, right? Uh, this simple phrase, it's going to be our slogan tonight, okay? Simple slogan. Somebody write it down for me because we have no graphics, okay? Somebody write down, that's not in the Bible, okay? Have you ever been in a conversation with a friend, family member, uh, and they, they reference you? Perhaps you're having a talk with them about Jesus, the love of Christ, uh, who he is, what he's done, grace, faith plus nothing equals salvation. That's what grace is. And they, they throw something back at you that maybe they think is in the Bible, but in truth, you know that's not in the Bible, right? Well, hopefully that's the case. If we don't know our word, then we won't. It can be confusing to us because... Oh, well, that was a good retort. It sounded great, but as far as, you're cons- as, far as you know, you have no idea. Uh, anyway, that's our sermon title t- for tonight. That's not in the Bible. And you're going to find out why as we, as we dig here. And you're going to find out why I say that this is a conversation that we've been needing to have for a while. Um, I think it's an important discussion for us in light of what we talked about this past Sunday in light of what is happening in the world today. And honestly, in light of what we seem to be talking about nonstop these days, there is a spirit of deception uh, for uh, a spirit of deception that is raging across this world right now. Uh, It desires to have you. It desires to uh, devour you. In light of this reality, And like I said, as we studied about on Sunday, in light of this, as we studied about, Paul prayed a few things for us. He prayed that our conduct would be worthy of the gospel. Amen? He prayed that we should be bold at this time, at this hour in history, okay? He also prayed for us that we would not be terrified, that we would not be terrified when we see these things beginning to happen. And perhaps most importantly, that we would increase in knowledge and increase in our depth of insight. Mm, I mean, after all, our depth of insight into the Word is ultimately what will protect us What will protect us, come on now, from this deception? What's going to protect you from deception? What is going to protect you from when when, when false teachers come, when the accusers come, when the scoffers come at you? What is going to protect you from them? Your knowledge of the truth, church. Come on now. Is anybody there with me? You with me? So what's not in the Bible? That's not in the Bible, right? What is not in the Bible? Well, let me give you a few right off the bat, okay? Uh, you ever heard the old saying, uh, some of you are going to love this, have you ever heard the old saying, cleanliness is next to godliness? Have you ever heard that? Cleanliness is next to, I grew up hearing that my whole life. Keep your room clean, kids. Why? Because cleanliness is next to godliness. Where, what? That's not in the Bible. Where does that even come from? It, I can tell you where it doesn't come from. It's not, say it with me, it's not in the Bible, okay? How about this one? We mentioned this one uh, last Wednesday night, I think. You can tell that this has been brewing 
in my spirit for a few, uh, a, a few weeks now. Last Wednesday, off the cuff, I just mentioned uh, this one. You, you've heard the saying, you've heard the saying before, you want to be careful that you're not so heavenly minded that you're of no, somebody say it, earthly good, right? You don't want to be so heavenly minded that you're of no earthly good. Now, look, we can look at that a couple different ways, a couple different ways as far as like, okay, well, I don't want to be so escapist in my thinking. Look, Jesus is coming and he's coming soon. And as far as I'm concerned, as far as I'm concerned, uh, he can't come soon enough. We look at what's happening in the world, the, the pain, the anguish. My goodness. Ah, I just, you know, uh, went to, uh, I went to a funeral on Monday before we uh, left. And it was a, a family that's dear to Amber and I, uh, dear to our hearts, and uh, uh, truly a, a founding member of Life Story Church in a way, uh, a founding family in a way. And they, they, lost, they lost a son, and they lost a brother. You know, they lost a father. They lost, uh, they lost somebody very dear to them. And it was, it was a beautiful funeral, but it was also heartbreaking. And so it just put on display that how evident the brokenness is here in this world. You know, even, even those who love Jesus and even those who know Jesus struggle with so much, so much weight, so much burden, so much bad doctrine, so much oppression cast upon them. In a lot of cases, yeah, that they don't need to, uh, burdens they don't need to carry, uh, uh, oppression that they shouldn't be under. Uh, and a lot of it goes back to bad doctrine, honestly. And that's, I think, why all the more this is, it's so important that we are having this conversation in this period of time, this hour of history. The brokenness in this world, I think it's at an all-time high. I know the dark ages were pretty dark, but we look around at what's happening with child trafficking, sex trafficking. Uh, we look around at what's going on uh, 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 in the streets for crying out loud. Just one year ago, would you have imagined would you have imagined one year ago that we would be seeing what we're seeing happen in the streets right now? My goodness. So I get it. I get it. I digress. Okay. I get it. I want to get out of here too. Okay. I want to get, I want Jesus to come. I want to be raptured. But if, if that's all I'm thinking about, if we're all I'm thinking about, then I'm not picking up the commission and I'm not doing what I need to be here. Is the Lord really going to find me in the field with the sickle bringing in the harvest if I'm so earthly or heavenly minded that I'm no earthly good right now I can make I can see what I'm doing there see what I'm doing I'm trying to take an idea and I'm trying to twist it and cram it into a way that makes sense and it sounds biblical right church it's it's not in the Bible it's not in the Bible to be so uh, heavenly minded that you're of no earthly good not in the Bible okay so we got that one uh, next next we, we talked about uh, last week as well, kind of as a forerunner uh, of this conversation that we're starting, taking the name of the Lord of the God, or taking the name of the Lord in vain. Right? I would, I would guess most people think that that's when you know you swear with your mouth, right? You shut your thumb in the car door. You you say the names, the name of the Lord, in anger or in frustration or whatever, and your mom or your grandma or somebody says, "Don't take the name of the Lord." in vain right that's not guess what somebody say it for me say somebody say it for me especially if you were paying attention last week that's not in the bible what that verse means go back and la watch last wednesday's message right that scripture we tore it down we broke it down it means to carry the name of the lord it doesn't say don't say the name of the lord in vain it says don't take it that means don't carry it like my wife takes my name she carries my name she represents me don't do it in vain don't do it in an empty and meaningless way is what that means so again that idea that concept it's yes yeah, deuteronomy says that but the meaning that people infer upon the scripture so it's twofold. There's some things, some sayings that people coin, phrases they coin, things that they come up with and that they say uh, that are just straight up not in the Bible, some ideas, some doctrines. And then there's, then there's doctrines or scriptures even that they take and they twist and they twist and they twist new meaning. Uh, they twist new meaning into something that is in the Bible, but it really means something else. Okay, so... Uh, 
that's why it's so important, I think, that we have this conversation, and more important now than ever, okay? So cleanliness, I gave you, there's a few examples for you, okay? Note takers while you're at it. Cleanliness is next to godliness. So heavenly minded that you're of no earthly good, uh, taking the name of the Lord in vain, but more importantly, are doctrinal ideas. Doctrinal ideas that have found their way into the subconscious of the church. And don't you know there's a lot of them? There's a lot of, of doctrinal ideas that rest right here, right back here, in the subconscious of the church. And we're not even aware of it. And we judge others by these standards. We judge ourselves by these standards. Uh, and we're robbed for it. We're robbed for it, and Satan is laughing all the while. So, what's not in the Bible? Unfortunately, there are a lot of things that the church believes that not only aren't in the Bible, but they are damaging, they are hurtful, and they are destructive. Now, like I said before, we're not going to get into everything, okay? I think this is going to turn into a study series. Actually, I know it is. I know it's going to be at least, at least two, uh, maybe four. <laughs> we'll see how it goes, guys. Uh, I'm probably already taking more time than I thought I would. Yes, I definitely am. Okay, so uh, like I said, we won't get everything tonight, but I do hope that we can at least set things up well enough to get the ball rolling. With that, I told you we're going to jump into 1 Peter. Let's jump into 1 Peter. And if I'm going to read from Peter, I'm, I, I feel like I, I have to start just right at the beginning. Okay? I love it. Thank you. Thank you, Tara. Uh, Tara and Jason. Is it Tara or Jason? Uh, both of you guys, hopefully. Uh, let's just go 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. Okay? You got your word? Got your word? I love it. Peter, an apostle of Jesus, to the strangers scattered through Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Okay? Uh, verse 2. So, to the strangers scattered through those countries, to the elect, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Okay, Seem, sounds simple, right? Right off the bat. It's a greeting. It's just an opening. How many times do we read something that is just the opening of Paul's letters, this case Peter's letters, whatever there, we just read the opening greeting and we just fly right over it. Like, that's not important. We think it's not important. Let's get into the meat. Where's the part where Jesus is talking about me? I know, or Paul is talking about me. He's not saying hi to me, right? Or, <laughs> I wasn't actually in that village. So let's get to what he might be saying to me. We'll think, right? There's something for us right in the beginning, okay? I want to share with you guys. Uh, this letter written by Peter, okay? I hope you guys have your Bibles. I love to show you guys something. I'm such a visual teacher, so I hope you've got your Bible, and I hope it's open. Paul, Peter says he identifies himself as an apostle of Jesus Christ. And then he says, who's this letter to? He tells us, he tells us, to the strangers that are scattered. This is important. This is important, okay? To the elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit. This is another big one. Look in your word here. Unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Okay, so first things first. There is a, there is a false teaching that is going around right now. It's... Uh, it's hyper-dispensationalism. It's a mouthful, trust me. Hyper-dispensationalism. Basically, it's being taught, right? It's been around for a long time. It's been around for, man, guys were teaching it back in the late 1800s, I know, uh, all the way up until now. But recently, it's made a, another resurgence. Oh, I hate it when false doctrine makes resurgences. But it just always does because Satan has the same old uh, playbook. Basically, the idea, the idea is that 
the only part of the Bible that is for the Christians is Acts through Philemon. Okay, uh, anything that the Gospels before Acts and anything after, beginning with Hebrews, that's to the Hebrews. So the Gospels and all of that is to the Jews. Okay, not to the Gentile Christian. For us is Acts through Philemon. Okay, Philemon. That's what I'd normally say. Uh, Acts through Philemon. So, that's a problem. Because wouldn't you agree that there's a lot that we can pull out of the Gospels that truly applies to a believer who is grafted into uh, the faith of Abraham? Right? I would certainly say so. They take this one verse, and this is by the end of the service here tonight, I'm really making this point, okay? The, when he addresses in uh, verse 1, he says, to the strangers scattered. The false teachers, they take that one verse and they twist that and say, so, so you see, scattered. So these Jews were dispersed. So this is a letter to just the Jews. So this is not a verse. Uh, this whole letter is not for you, Gentile Christian. Problem with that is there's so much prophecy in this book and there's so much encouragement, so much edification, so much learning to be done from Peter, the rock, the foundation, the cornerstone of the church itself. The, are you not the church because you're a Gentile? Of course you're a church, even though you're a Gentile. Yeah, the first church, mostly Jews. But you know what? They quickly, especially once Paul got rolling, quickly converted a number of Gentiles. However, there does persist based off, based off of other scriptures as well, but one in particular, in First Peter, strangers scatter, they say, oh, so it's just the Jews. And then they say, to the elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and sprinkling of blood. So there they say, also, in this, <laughs> in this seven-year tribulation, there will, be, there will be a new covenant. Okay, so we have the covenant of faith plus nothing equals salvation, but sorry, Jews, you guys, you've got it, there's something different coming to you. In the seven-year tribulation, you're going to have to have faith, but you're also going to have to have works, too. So this is problematic, because that's not the gospel, church. That is not works. Faith plus works is not the gospel, okay? So you see this twisting starting to happen, okay? And they're starting to take Scripture and say that Scripture says something that it doesn't say, and it makes me want to say, come on, somebody say it. That's not in the Bible. That's not what that is saying there. The strangers scattered. This was written. Here's where it gets good, because this was written. The earliest date, scholars believe that 1 Peter was written in 81 AD. So think about that. If Jesus was crucified in 32 AD, which I think he is, some say 30, let's just go with 30 then. That's fine. So 81 AD, okay? Earliest it could have been written. That would have been 50 years since the crucifixion. 50 years, Peter is an old man when he's writing this, okay? 50 years later. Do you know, church, and this is, this is after, after Jerusalem has fallen, the temple has fallen. My goodness. My goodness, church. I'm just saying, at that point, we know that the first church was, the first church was uh, uh, scattered by the Jews, Yes, the Jews were dispersed by the Roman Empire and everything else. The Jews were dispersed, but the Christians were dispersed before by the Jews. So how can you just infer meaning on that, taking it out of, then put your own context onto it, okay? My goodness. So they try to say that obedience and the blood of Christ will be the new gospel, church. But that, I throw that out, I throw that out. First John tells us that obedience obedience is not a burden. How many of, by the way, this is good for some of you. Some of you guys need to hear this. This uh, teaching series is for some of you guys that still have got some ideas about God right here in the back of your head that are holding you prisoner to guilt and shame, and you're about to be liberated here in the next few weeks. First John tells us that, that obedience is not a burden. Why? Because what is obedience? Obedience is, we're obedient to the law. Not the law of Moses. We always think, oh, I've got to be obedient, obedient to the law. And then we think of all of the godly instruction that we're given. But the obedience to the law 
the true law given to us by Jesus is all summed up in two things. You want to be a good person. You want to be great uh, uh, to your neighbor. You want to not steal. You want to not commit adultery. You not want to do all. If you don't want to do a whole bunch of horrible things, that can be summed up in this. Just love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. Love your wife. Love your husband. Love your kids. Take care of them. Look out for them. Put them first. And you won't fall into a whole bunch of other sins that, that, that are listed off throughout uh, the rest of the Word of, of God that people feel like this burden put on them, like, oh, I can't do that. I can't do this. I can't do that. Oh, if I don't do this, then I'm going to, oh, God's going to be upset. With... Just love your neighbor, and gen- most of it will all be covered, guys, I'm telling you. And that's obedience. John uh, tells us in 1 John that obedience is not a burden. Faith, faith. He tells us that faith and brotherly love are what fulfill the law. So, my goodness, is this evidence of hyper-dispensationalism and that that First uh, Peter, Second Peter isn't for us? I don't think so. I don't think so. Take, for example, let, let me just read to you Second uh, Peter. Second Peter now, flip the whole to the whole next book, next letter. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 1. Are you ready? Let's do this. Another greeting. We've got another greeting, okay? Simon Peter, a slave and an apostle of Jesus Christ. Always identifying himself with the Lord. First thing. Now, who's this letter written to? Surely it's written just to the Jews, right? Couldn't be written to you or to, to any Christians or Gentile Christians, right? Certainly not. Well, let's see what he says. To those who have obtained a faith of equal privilege with ours, Uh, With the Jews, equal faith, equal privilege. What is the privilege of the Jews? They're God's chosen people. They're heirs of Abraham, right? That's what it is. That's that's, That's their whole shebang. And what did he say? Those who are of equal privilege with ours. And who is that? Those who have obtained a faith. Faith in who? Through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. So essentially in his greeting, you see, that who's he writing to? Anybody who's got faith in Jesus is an equal, has equal privilege with them. Okay? Now, uh, are the, let me say this. Are the hyper-dispensationalists saved? Okay, I think so. Okay, but are, are they wrong? I think so. I think so. Okay, you can be sincere and still be sincerely wrong. Am I right? Uh, and you can, and in the process of trying to be sincere and thinking that you're doing good, you can still cause a lot of hurt, and you can still cause a lot of confusion. Which again is what we're told to expect in the end times, and that's why again I think, looking around at what's going on, I think that's important that we have this conversation right now. So, moving forward, moving forward. Oh, this is funny. I told Amber that I wanted to try to keep this at 30 minutes. It's already been 30 minutes. Okay. Let's jump into Second Peter, Second Peter chapter 1, and let's just keep reading. I want to read uh, verse 12 through 21. Let me know when you've got it. Say, I, I got it. Say, I got it. Like I said, you know, I gave you a few little nuggets right off the bat pop, 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 a few uh, application nuggets of this isn't in the Bible, that's not in the Bible, this isn't in the Bible. Okay, this isn't so much as like a hot take video. This isn't so much like a hot take video where it's, you know, five minutes long and then you can, you know, just what this item, that item. I want it to be more of a, more of a all-encompassing. It's not just these little sayings that we say that are in the Bible. It's our mindset. It's our ideas of how God sees us. It's our understandings of God sometimes that aren't in the Bible. So, all right, you guys got it. Wonderful. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 12 through 21. Uh, let's read. Therefore, I will always remind you about these things, even though you know them and are established in the truth that you have. I love this. You know, as a pastor, sometimes uh, I feel like I, I repeat myself a lot. I feel like I, I teach something and I, te- I dig deep and I dig it out and I teach it and I feel like I pray that I teach it well. And then the Holy Spirit leads me back and I teach it again. And I'm like, but I just taught that. I mean, I, I, should, I 
you know, I know they have that, this. I know they understand this. Look, if Peter did it, I, 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 I get the pass to do it as well, right? He, would, he wants to. We, it is so important, church. What I'm trying to say is that we remind ourselves of the foundational truths of the Word of God because the enemy is always trying to lie to us. He is always trying to convince us otherwise, right? He says, I will always remind you about these things. Oh, I'm not going to stop. because he, Why? Because he knows that the enemy is prowling. He knows the push that the darkness is trying to make to capture you. So he said, I'll always remind you about these things, even though you know them and are established in the truth that you have. Verse 13, I consider it right as long as I am in this bodily tent to what? To wake you up with a reminder. Come on now, Peter. I'm just saying, anytime that uh, Paul says, I earnestly beg you, please, or, or, or Peter, you can just hear the intensity of their hearts in this, uh, in their scriptures, I pay attention. He says, as long as I'm living, as long as I'm here, buddy, I'm not going to stop reminding you of the things that I know you already know, but they're so big that you can't forget them, okay? I'm going to wake you up with a reminder. In the middle of the night, I'm going to come to your house. I'm going to shake you and tell you the truth, right? Just so you don't forget. I'm going to wake you out out of that bad dream uh, with a reminder. Verse 14, knowing that I will soon lay aside my tent as our Lord Jesus Christ has also shown me. So he knows his time is short. Remember the time frame that this was written. Um, <clears throat> so he's, he's in his advanced in his advanced years, okay? Um, verse 15. And I will also make every effort, every effort, that you may be able to recall these things yourself. Like, I'm not going to stop reminding you because I want to know and be sure that you can remember these things at any time after my departure. Like when I'm gone, when I'm gone and I'm not here to remind you anymore. How many parents feel like that with their kids, huh? Boy, I do. I'm going to remind you so much of this. Yeah, I know. You ever tell your kids to do something and say, yeah, I got it. I'm like, do you? Do you got it? Really? Because I'm, I'm, I'm not going to stop telling you. I'm not going to stop reminding you until I'm gone, because I so want to be sure that you get this and that you are not going to forget when I'm not here to remind you. I want to know that you're not going to hear to forget, uh, that you're not going to forget. I love that. You just see his heart on full display is what it is, right? Uh, verse 16. This is when it gets good, okay? This is when it gets re really relevant to what we're talking about and what we're setting up for the next few messages. For we did not follow cleverly contrived myths. Hmm. This is going to be important. This is going to be really important to remember as we continue with this study series, okay? We did not follow cleverly con contrived myths, he tells us, when we made known to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Instead, we were eyewitnesses, eyewitnesses of his majesty. Verse 17, for when he received honor, and glory from God the Father. A voice came to him from the majestic glory. This is my beloved son. I take delight in him. Peter's remembering it. You can hear it. I just I hear it in his spirit. Like he, he can he was there when that happened. He saw that, and as he recalls it, I could only imagine the emotion he feels writing this and remembering that. Verse eighteen. <clears throat> And when we heard, when we heard this voice, when it came from heaven, while we were with him on that holy mountain, verse 19, so we have the prophetic word strongly confirmed. Okay, so first of all, remember the prophetic mountain? He's up there with Elijah and Moses, the Mount of Transfiguration. He, Peter saw that, okay? He saw that. And, and remember, it was Peter... Uh, many speculate that it was on um, uh, Sukkot, the Feast of Booths, because he started wanting to make everybody a tent. Like, you're just going to live here, Elijah. Don't go, right? Uh, we better get things set up for you guys. So, um, but uh, he heard it at Jesus' baptism, right? He, he, he saw, he saw the, uh, you know, 
For, for when he received honor and glory, when he honor and glory of the Father, a voice came to him, is recounting that, then he had it confirmed. So it's not just that story, he also had it confirmed when he saw the Mount of Transfiguration. Okay? He's qualifying himself here. He's qualifying himself here. You will do well to pay attention to it as a lamp shining in a dismal place. You'll do well to pay attention to that. <laughs> lamp Does any, that resonate with anybody else's spirit? That Christ is a lamp, a lamp shining in a dismal place. Oh, the church, what we're what we're living through, and we as Americans don't have it remotely as bad as people in other parts of the world. What a dismal place this is compared to where where we will be one day when we are with Him. As to a lamp shining in a dismal place, that's your job. That's you. Man, I love this. Until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. <laughs> Rewind it. You will do well to pay attention to it. They've had the, they have, we, we have had the prophetic word strongly confirmed. You will do well to pay attention to it as to a lamp shining in a dismal place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Verse 20. First of all, you should know this. There it is. Peter's saying, first of all. You should know this. You better pay attention when he does that, right? No prophecy of Scripture comes from one's own interpretation. What? Hang on. No prophecy of Scripture comes from one's own interpretation. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of folks out there just making a killing on their own interpretation of Scripture. There are so many fantastical interpretations of Scripture that so many are taking, turning, twisting, and raking in, squeezing blood out of turnips from people just to rake in the dollars, I'm telling you. Oh boy. Peter says, you should know this. First of all, no prophecy of Scripture comes from one's own interpretation. So you know what? What I'm giving you guys tonight, okay? What I'm giving you guys tonight is not prophecy. Now, I believe that the Holy Spirit has led me to these passages. I believe that he has led me in discernment to a place of interpretation to teach them. That's a different thing than prophesying, saying, thus saith the Lord. Let's keep reading verse 21. Because no prophecy ever came by the will of man. That's why instead men spoke from God as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. That's prophecy. That is prophecy. Okay? I think you're, you're starting to put the pieces together now, aren't you, on why this is relevant to our subject matter tonight? I think this is a good introduction. There is a movement of false prophecy happening today. I know you've seen it. I don't be ashamed to have been fooled by it. Can I just say that? Don't, don't be in your shame of having been fooled by it and the shame of having fallen prey to it, maybe even given money to it. Don't let that shame uh, make you proud. Because a lot of times somebody's shame They'll be so ashamed they can't admit it. They won't admit it. I don't want to admit that I've fallen victim, fallen prey to one of those wolves in sheep's clothing. So I'm going to double down harder and I'm going to deny, 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 even to the point of defending uh, the false teacher or the false prophet, okay? Uh, in the midst, the church, come on now, in the midst of the anarchy and in the midst of the confusion, we are witnessing... Uh, a spirit of confusion rise. It's rising. Men and women who will stand before thousands, they'll stand before thousands, they will breathe deep. What's God saying to me right now off the top of my head? They'll breathe deep, they'll think hard, they'll ponder, and then out of their own minds they speak, thus saith the Lord. And uh, they better hope that it lines up with the Word of God. I mean, a lot of these guys, you can flip a coin. 
to those who, I'm just saying, to those who find themselves in this vocation, uh, it might be well-intentioned. Even if it is well-intentioned, I caution you. I caution you so strongly. Caution you so strongly. The Lord does not take lightly. Hear me on this. The Lord does not take lightly those who speak on his behalf uninvited. You know what? I never, when I was a teenager, I read the scripture uh, that talked about how teachers, preachers, will be judged uh, twice as hard uh, as, (laughs) as the average Christian and believer. And that scared the crap out of me, guys. Uh, I never wanted to be a pastor when I read that. that. For me, I was like, as a kid, I was like, I love the Lord and I want to serve the Lord. I'm not about to bring that on myself. Mm-mm, no way. So uh, I love music. I love to lead worship. And there's a million ways I can serve in the kingdom and serve the Lord. So we'll just stick with that. And uh, I don't know why anybody would want to do that. And I honestly felt that way for the longest time. And uh, it took the Lord himself, it took the Lord himself calling me into this and saying, I've got you, you know, you just stay to the word, stay to the word. Don't, don't, don't try to make the word of God say what you want it to say to make your point. It's my point. You just make my point for me with the word. And that's how we, that's how we roll at Life Story Church. Amen. All right. But First, Second uh, Peter chapter two, verse one through three, in light of what we we're just talking about, you know the Bible never had chapters; it was scrolls originally, right? So, uh, scroll, scrolling, rolling right out of uh, uh, our last verse twenty-one, it rolled right into chapter two, verse one originally, and Peter continued his thought. He said, "But there were also false prophets among the people." There were false prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. Among you. They will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, and will bring swift destruction upon themselves. Many will follow their unrestrained ways. Because what restrains us? Right? What, what restrains us? Word of God is our anchor. You know what? I can come up with some pretty good ideas, some things that sound pretty moral, some, you know what, some ideas, you know, on how, you know, uh, Christians can get rich or this or that, and they can really sound great. I can even put them in, I can even squish them into some scriptures, twist some scriptures and make them say that, but no, 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 no. I digress, I digress. Let's back out, let's back out. They will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them. They will bring swift destruction upon themselves, okay? Many will follow their unrestrained ways, okay? Oh, that's where I lost my train of thought. The Word of God is our anchor, okay? It keeps us anchored when our minds want to run away with us. That's why I just... Look, if you're going to teach, if you're a pastor, if you're going to teach... Look, I just put my notes down. All right, so I'm going off script here for a second, okay? It's good to go off script. It's okay to go off script to certain places and certain points, okay? But so many preachers today, they will, in their teaching, <clears throat> they'll, they'll use a scripture and then they'll just jump off and teach and talk and whatever is coming off the top of their heads. And they get, to, they get so good at that. It's a talent. It really is. But they get so good at that that it gets dangerous. Because in that moment, if something pops into your head because you think it relates to some scripture that you read another time when you were teaching something else, and you, <clears throat> you, can, you can, without intending to, form a doctrine Truly, you can mess with doctrine and you can mess with people by, by teaching something uh, that's not in the Bible. That's not in the, right? That's our whole mantra here tonight, right? So <clears throat> that's why it's so imperative that we stay anchored to the Word of God. Anchored, anchored, anchor your soul to the Word of God. Anchor, pastors, anchor your teaching to the Word of God, all right? Man, I, yeah, that's another reason uh, Pastor Clay would say uh, to me, Chad, I, I know the Lord's calling you to be a pastor. And Amber would say, <clears throat> I know the Lord's 
uh, calling you to be a pastor. And I'd say, nobody wants to hear what I want to say, have to say, though. And you know what? They don't. And that's great with me. Once I understood that, that's not what it's about. Man, I was illuminated. It's all about the scripture. That's, just teach the scripture. That's what, we're, that's what we're to do. Encourage, edify, rally, exhort, right? Lift up the word of God and anchor ourselves to it. Teachers, do that. And you, you won't go wrong. You won't go wrong. But if we, if we aren't anchored to the word of God, it's dangerous. It's dangerous because we can inadvertently, with good intentions, confuse people and hurt people. If, if we get it wrong, if we, if we, because there's a lot of bad teaching out there that we've heard our whole lives. And, and this is to be honest with you, a lot of us were raised in legalism. A lot of ideas and things and doctrines that aren't in the Bible. And we'll get to more of those, okay? We'll get to more of those as we, as we move through these uh, next few weeks. But, but, uh, my goodness, if I'm just going off the top of my head and if I'm just teaching off of my subconscious, we're all in big trouble. I mean, I was raised Lutheran, guys. I mean, I need to stay anchored to the Word of God, don't you? Uh, <laughs> no offense, Lutherans. All right. All right, let's see. I know some good Lutherans now. Come on now. Don't beat me up on that one. There are some good Lutherans out there. Not, I don't know about the ELCA, though. But let's read. I want to read Second uh, Peter uh, chapter 3. And we're going to go out on this one. God, this took way longer. Guys, this took way longer than I thought it was going to. Uh, dear friends, Peter says, This is now the second letter I have written to you. In both letters, I want to develop a genuine understanding with a reminder. Oh, man, so good. So you, uh, the context here. The context here is false teachers that are twisting the word of God. Remember everything he was just talking about. So what's his response? What does he do? What does he do? I want to develop a genuine understanding with a reminder. He wants you to genuinely understand. I love it. So that you can remember. Remember, because previously said, I'm not going to be here forever, guys. I know my body's getting old. I, I want to know that when I go, you'll remember so that you can remember the words previously spoken by the holy prophets and the command of our Lord and Savior given through your apostles. Verse three, first, be aware of this. Scoffers will come. Scoffers will come in the last days to scoff living according to their own desires. They live according to their own desires, but they're there to scoff. Haters are going to hate, right? Is that what we call them now, haters? I don't know. Uh, saying, where is the promise of his coming? Oh, rapture, huh? You think Jesus is coming? Where is the promise of his coming? You've been saying rapture. What about in 2015? You thought Jesus was going to come back in 2015, didn't you? Where is he? You thought Jesus was going to come in 2017. Oh my gosh, Revelation 12, signs, stars in the heavens, blood, moons. You guys are nuts. That's ridiculous. And now he's, but he's, so he was going to come soon then, but, but now you're saying that he's going to come soon again, huh? Psh, right? Scoffers, I tell you what. Where is the promise of his coming? Ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they have been since the beginning of creation. Verse 5, they willfully, here's back to, they, he's no longer quoting the scoffers. Verse 5, they willfully ignore this. Long ago, the heavens and the earth were brought about from water through water by the word of God. Verse 6, through these waters, the world of that time perished when it was flooded. Verse 7, but by the same word, the present heavens and earth are stored up for fire being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. Dear friends, don't let this one thing escape you. Here we are again, okay? Please pay attention. Any time Paul or Peter hit the pause button and say, hey, listen up. I'm writing this I'm, to, to wake you up, all right? I'm writing this, so don't let this one, if you listen to, don't listen to anything else that I'm going to say, listen to this is what he just said. With the Lord, one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like one day. The Lord does not delay 
in his promise. That's so cool. So with the Lord, one day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is a day. How many days are in the week? Seven days in the week. Okay, so thousand days. Uh, we know in Revelation, uh, through Daniel, in Revelation, our studies, what do we, what do we uh, uh, know? That there's going to be a thousand-year millennial reign where Jesus is king here on this earth for a thousand years. But that's going to be one day. So isn't that crazy to think about just for a minute, right? So seven-year tribulation, if we're raptured and we're there and we're liberated from the restraints liberated from the restraints of time, how long is seven years going to be? I don't know. That might be like a day. We might be like having a marriage supper of the lamb up there. It might be like one day once we're out of the time restrictions of this, this uh, place, right? So then a thousand year millennial reign. Peter says that's, it's just so cool, these things, to wrap your mind around. Uh, this was a common belief, by the way, of the ancient rabbis. They believed that there was a, a, a 6,000 year plan for man as well because the seventh day was the day of rest. You know, so Peter is just displaying here his, that he's a good Jewish boy that, that was raised studying the Torah and the Old Testament prophets and whatnot. So, so he said, if you remember anything, don't forget this, okay? Because this, this play, five seconds off, and so that's about right, probably so. Uh, he says, don't let, how uh, oh, I lost my place. Don't let this escape you. There it is, okay. With the Lord, one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like one day. Verse 9, the Lord does not delay his promises, as some understand delay, but is patient with you. So everybody's saying, oh, he's not coming back. I mean, good grief. Things are going to go on. They're going to keep going on. You know, you're just scared of corona now. I don't think Jesus is coming back. No, 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 no. Oh, no, no, no. Remember this, he says, that Jesus, he's not delaying. He's not delaying, okay? He's right on time. Why? Finish it out. Not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance, all right? Verse 10, this is what Paul talked about, isn't it? The time of the Gentiles. He wants all to come to repentance, all that will the Lord is patient and he's allowing every single one of them to come in and it'll be right on time. The Lord, when Jesus comes, it won't be one day too soon. It won't be one day too late. Okay, verse 10. <clears throat> but the day of the Lord will come like a thief. On that day, the heavens will pass away with a loud noise. The elements will burn and be dissolved and the earth and the works on it will be disclosed. That's pretty scary, huh? Good news, church. What he's talking about here, remember the context, a thousand years is a day. Right, he's talking about at the end of the millennial reign here, and there's a bunch of other scripture that backs that up. If you're actually studying the millennial reign and tribulation and whatnot, so this event of the earth and the sky burning in fire, the earth being reserved for fire, that's at the end of the thousand-year millennial reign. Luckily, you believers will have your immortal bodies by then already anyway. So verse 11, let's keep reading. Since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, it is clear. This is cool. What sort of people you should be in holy conduct and goodliness as you wait for and earnestly desire the coming of the day of the Lord. This is great. I love it when uh, you get Peter. Uh, as a pastor, we often make application points, right? I might teach something to you guys, and it's cool. Uh, I love to uh, unearth nuggets and chew up the Word of God and present it in a way that's palatable for you guys and whatnot. But then part of that is giving you guys application nuggets so you can have notes and things that you can take home, things to think about, like in, how can I apply this to my daily life, right? Here's Paul. Peter's got an, in light of everything that he was just talking about, like the sky being on fire a minute ago. What's his application point? Uh, so you should be ready. You should be ready at any moment. Even back then, we thought we teach, the church teaches now, because of the Word of God, you should be ready for Jesus to come. You should live your life in a way that if he were to rapture you right now, that you would be ready, okay? That you've been living your life in a presentable way, worthy of the gospel, as we talked about on Sunday, as Paul said, right? Worthy of the gospel, okay? Um, and, being, and earnestly desiring the coming of that day. Earnestly desire it and live 
right. The heavens will be on fire and be dissolved because of it, and the elements will melt with the heat. But based on his promise, we can wait for the new heavens and the new earth where righteousness will dwell. All right, conclusion. Let's wrap this up. Let's wrap this up. Therefore, <clears throat> let's wrap it up and tie it all together with a nice little bow on top. Huh? Does that sound good? I love it. Okay. Live your life sharing Jesus with others. Amen, Pam. Love it. Love you, Pam. Good to see you. Let's, let's conclude here. Verse 14, Therefore, dear friends, while you wait for these things, make every effort to be found at peace with him without spot or blemish. Does anybody know how you get that way without spot or blemish? How can you achieve that? I'll give you a hint. There was a lamb. It was presented on the 10th of Nisan to the temple, and it had to be found without spot, without blemish. And it was sacrificed. It was sacrificed for you. The blood of the lamb covers, therefore, for you your sin now, Jesus. In other words, be found without spot or blemish means to be in Lord, in the Lord Jesus. Your faith in him accomplishes that, that he is the Savior, that he has saved you. Verse 15, also, also, regard the patience of our Lord as an opportunity for salvation. Ooh, that's good, man. I'm getting excited about that one because I get tired of waiting, don't you? I look around and I see the uh, child abuse. I see uh, the wickedness in the world. I see evil people prospering. And uh, man, oh man, I'm ready to go. And it makes, my, makes me want to say to the Lord, what are you waiting for? <laughs> In those moments, I'm, I thank God for the scripture we just read where he said, he, no, 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 he's not slack as some consider slack as you consider slack. He's right on time. It's you who need to slow your roll and it's you who needs to figure this out, right? Uh, he's going to be right on time. He's patient. He's giving everybody a chance to believe. And aren't you glad he gave you a chance. Aren't you glad, right? I am glad. He has made me glad. He has made me glad indeed. <clears throat> so, uh, opportunity, also regard the patience of our Lord as an opportunity for salvation. It's an opportunity for, it's just more opportunity for other people to get saved. It's, our, it's an opportunity for us to be a part of that. It's an opportunity for us to plant more seed. I don't understand. I, I, the wickedness and the evil in this world breaks my heart and it makes me angry. But man, oh man, <clears throat> those who don't know Jesus right now, who are doing a lot of this wickedness, they will never get another chance to come to Jesus. And I'm telling you, one day when all the chances are gone and we're there and we're transfigured, we'll look on those that blew their chance here with such pity and heartbreak will be equally as heartbroken for them because the Lord's heart is broken over them. You've got to understand that. He would have it that none be lost. That means Pelosi, y'all. That means Hillary, even. That means all of them. He would have it that they would not be lost because at the end of the day, it's the demon. It's the demon that is pressing. It's the Antichrist spirit that's operating within them. You know, at some point, they were just an innocent kid, too. You know, and that's, that is why God hates what Satan has done to us so much. Let's keep reading. So an opportunity for salvation. Just as our dear brother Paul has written to you, according to the wisdom given to him. Love that. He's backing Paul up. Verse 16. He speaks about these things in all his letters in which there are some matters that are hard to understand. And indeed they are, okay? Uh, especially for the Jewish people. The mystery of the gospel that Gentiles would somehow be included in the, in the, in the seed line into the promise of Abraham was just m m blew their minds right open, okay? <clears throat> Let's keep reading. Uh, some matters that are hard to understand. Here we go. The untaught. Bring it back around and put a bow on it for you now. The untaught and unstable, what do they do? They twist to their own destruction. They twist them to their own destruction, as they also do with the rest of the scriptures. They twist the scriptures to mean 
what they want it to mean so they can manipulate people, so they can take advantage of women, uh, so they can, it's all in there, church. Verse 17, therefore, dear friends, since you know this in advance, be on your guard so that you are not what? Here we go, let's wrap it up. So you're not led away by the error of lawless people and fall from your own stability, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. And all God's people said, Amen. <clears throat> They're going to come. The false teachers will come. And they are here. And they twist the word of God, church. They twist the word of God. They try to manipulate you. They try to rob you. They try, they try to teach you things. They preach things to you. They try to lay a foundation of untruth and instability in your subconscious. It, may, it makes you question everything that you are. It makes you question your self-worth. It makes you question your identity. They twist the scriptures and try to lay a yoke of bondage upon you. And it just makes me want to say, that's not in the Bible. That's not in the Bible. So we're going to, oh, this is going to be some good stuff. This is going to be some good stuff. So you know what? Paul, Peter, what's he say? What's his, what, what is the uh, sending? There's some application sending for you guys. Let our conduct be worthy of the gospel. Somebody say amen. Let us be bold. Amen. Let us not be terrified. Let our knowledge and depth of insight in this time, in this day, in this age, increase. Amen. Let us not be unstable. Mm. For our foundation is the word of God. Let us not be led away by error. Amen. I don't want to be led away by error, even if it's unintentional. And I certainly don't want to do the leading, even though I might have great intentions. Do you not think that I couldn't unintentionally lead people into bad doctrine? Of course I could if I'm not anchored to the word of God. Goodness sake. Let us not then, here's the kicker then, you ready? Let us not be untaught. Let us not then be twisted. But let us grow in grace and in knowledge led only by the Holy Spirit not by man, mm -mm, not by our own imaginations, mm -mm -mm, and not by our own flawed interpretations. Amen? Did Peter not make it so clear to us? We did not follow cleverly contrived myths. No. No, no, no. That's not what this is about. But there are many that have cleverly contrived myths and they have led some rotten fruit. They have, they have laid some unstable foundations in the back of our theology that we keep back here. The back of our theology that affects our, the very, our subconscious, it affects our very identity. The way we think about ourselves, the way we think about God, the way, how about, this? how about this? The way that we think that God thinks about us. That's huge. And there's, there's, there's bad doctrine in there. There's bad doctrine in the church. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot of bad teaching uh, that just, quite frankly, is not in the Bible. It's not in the Bible. And we're going to continue to talk about that over the next few weeks. So I hope you guys... Uh, hope you'll join us and I hope I set this up pretty well and I hope that you were blessed tonight and uh, I'm excited to move forward in this study with you guys so um, we'll see uh, we'll, we'll continue this uh, next Wednesday night for sure this might be a Wednesday night study it's kind of what I'm feeling and what I'm uh, moving towards right now but you know uh, if the Lord wants to twist my arm we'll move it 
if we need to. So we love you guys so much, and I'm glad that you're here with us. I love you guys. I love you. So let me speak a blessing over you, and then we'll I'll let you go for tonight. All right. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just I ask that you'd see your people watching here tonight, Lord. They love you. They're here. They're looking for truth. They're looking for your, your, the confirmation, Father, of, of what the Holy Spirit is speaking to their hearts, Father. Lord, I just pray that you'd lead them tonight in their, in their Bibles, God. Lord, send them to their word, Father. Send them, Father, uh, to, to, to specific places, Father, that they would, they would find the answers and confirmation for what they're dealing with right now, Lord. That, the, that, that as we've been talking tonight, I just, I, Lord, I know so many watching this likely have had certain things popping into their minds, certain ideas that they've questioned perhaps their whole lives but they've never sought it out and found the truth for themselves in the Word of God. Right now, Lord, I just pray that you give them the inspiration tonight, Lord, to do it. I pray that you lead them in all discernment as they look for answers, Father. I pray that you continue to lead me, Father, in this study, Lord, that, that, uh, that you would uh, give me the wisdom and uh, understanding, depth of insight, Father, to, to bless your church and bless your people, Lord. So I, I bless you, guys, in the name of Jesus. May the Lord's face shine upon you. May he pour his favor out on you. May, be his, may, may his favor go before you. May it be behind you. May it come beside you. May it envelop you. May you feel his love tonight. May you be blessed, protected. May you prosper in all you do. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. I love you guys, and uh, we will see you soon.